0: Man, so grateful uh, for this moment. If, If you are new to our church family, if you've never been with us, my name's Dave. And we're so glad you're here with us this morning. I'm hoping when this global pandemic slows down, whatever that looks like, that you'll be able to come join us in person sometime, and we can hang out. That'd be amazing. Uh, if you have a Bible, I want to invite you to open up to Daniel chapter 2. Daniel chapter 2 is where we're going to start our time this morning. We're going to look at several passages of Scripture. If you don't have a Bible right there with you, you can pull it up on your phone, or if you're using your phone for this live stream, we'll also have the Scriptures up on the screen for you here in just a few moments. And uh, so you can go ahead and get your Bibles out, something to write with, and as you're doing that I want to take just a moment uh, to, to say something to those of you that are watching this morning and you're less than 10 years old and so uh, you know, I think about my boys there at home, and man, they, they miss getting to be in their Sunday school class with their friends and with their teachers and worshiping with their buddies, and I know that's what some of you are feeling this morning. Um, but I really believe like God has something unique for you this morning, even as you sit in, in your house with your families. And I want to encourage you, if you haven't done this already, kids, to, to get out something to write with, something to, uh, to to draw pictures on or to take notes with, maybe a pencil or a marker or lots of permanent paint, spray paint, whatever you want to use in your parents' living room to take notes. That'd be awesome, whatever they let you do. But uh, in, in all seriousness, as we go through the Word of God together, take just a minute and ask God to speak to you, and whatever he says to you, draw a picture of it as I'm teaching out of the Bible, write down notes, and then at the end of this, your parents can take a picture of it, post it online on social medias, hashtag Ethos at Home. And later today and tomorrow, I'm gonna read through all of those, and we're gonna just pick one, um, kind of one person. It's not the best one, it's not the most beautiful, and we're just gonna pick somebody at random, some kid at random, and I wanna send you something special in the mail this week just for taking the time to come into the presence of God and to hear whatever it is that He wants to say to you. And so if you're a kid watching, um, take notes, uh, draw a picture, post it online, and I'd love to follow up with you later this week. You know, uh, one of the habits that we have as as a family, is we try most mornings to sit down around our breakfast table. This way we get things started and we'll eat breakfast together and we'll take some time to just get in the Word and to pray and really kind of set our vision on what it is that God is calling us into for the day. And so several days ago, we were sitting around the breakfast table and we were just processing both the grief and the gratitude that we've kind of been feeling in this moment. You know, um, there's been a, a lot of kind of hard things that have happened in this season. You know, I think about last night I was supposed to be doing a wedding for just an amazing couple in our church family, and it got canceled uh, because of uh, this whole thing that we're going through. Or I think about just the grief our family was kind of feeling that we couldn't be on the church retreat. You know, this weekend we were supposed to be on a retreat together. And once we realized that, we're like, oh, we had to kind of grieve that loss. Or... I think about one of our elders whose dad passed away last week, and they did the funeral earlier this week. And because of this whole situation, they couldn't invite all of his friends. They couldn't even invite a lot of their extended family, just a small uh, group of people. I think about those of you that I've spoken with over the last few days on the phone and via FaceTime and Zoom. I'm so sick of talking on FaceTime and Zoom, but I'm grateful for it. You know, just talking to so many of you that have lost jobs or your, your job is kind of in flux right now. And we were sitting around the breakfast table with our family, just processing, man, there's been a lot of grief in some of these things. And yet in the midst of it, man, we've seen God breaking through in amazing ways. There's so many things we're grateful for as we've seen, like just in our neighborhood, I look out and there's, there's guys that I've never seen before walking with their families because typically uh, they've been working, you know, 90 hours a week and all of a sudden they're home and they're with their family. And I'm like, God, thank you that you're slowing our culture down. God, thank you that you're reconnecting people in, in their homes. I think about the beautiful ways I've seen our church just be the church in this season as we've been scattered out, the creativity. I think about there's this one woman in our house church, her name's Davis, and this past week was her birthday, and her friends could not handle the thought of her having a birthday party all by herself in quarantine. And so they came up with the, the most beautiful way of just being a community together. They threw this parade in front of her house on her street without her telling, telling her. They kept social distance. They all stayed in their cars. They drove by, they held up signs, they laid on the horn, they sung happy birthday. Uh, this is a true story, she's in our house church and she's telling us this. They had the cops called on them three times in that birthday party and that's how you know you've gotten like really good at throwing a party when you can get the cops called and no one's even in the same room. So I, w- I wanna challenge all of you, top them this week with your creativity and your community, but we were sitting around the breakfast table as a family And I was feeling all of those things. I was feeling the grief and I was feeling the gratitude. I was feeling the highs and I was feeling the lows. And Sydney and I, we looked at our boys and we said, guys, our goal in this season, whether we are here for two days or two weeks or two years, however long that we're here, our goal is not to survive the moment. Our goal is to thrive in the moment. Like I don't know about you, but as we find ourselves in this unusual season, I have no desire to just get through it. That I wanna get through it and come out on the other side better and stronger, like more in love with Jesus, more in love with my family, closer to my friends, and with a clearer sense of who we are as a church. In fact, I believe that God is using this crazy global crisis to bring the church back to normal. That he's reminding us that it was never about a place, It was never about a program. It was about a group of people filled by the Spirit of God, being released by the Spirit of God to live on mission with God. And I think God is using this to recalibrate the taste buds of our hearts, to reset our vision on what it means to actually be the church. And so this morning, that's what I want us to think about for a few moments together out of the life of Daniel, is what does it look like to thrive in the midst of the moment that we're in. You know, earlier this week, I, I read a quote uh, from one of my favorite authors, a guy named Jack London. Maybe you've read some of his novels. But he made this really profound statement. He said, living a good life is very rarely about assembling a perfect hand of cards. He said, no, instead, more often, it's learning how to play a poor hand really well. And I thought it's like so profound that, you know, the essence of, Uh, living a good life, the essence of being on mission with Jesus isn't about how do we stack the deck in our favor? How do we get all the circumstances to work out? It's like, no— no matter what comes our way, how do we live faithfully with Jesus right here, right now, whether we're confined to our living rooms or we're set loose uh, to the ends of the earth? What does it look like to be faithful to Jesus right here and right now? And as I wrestled with that question of what it looks like to thrive, I kept thinking about the way that God shows us so much of his goodness through the life of this guy named Daniel. I don't know if you know the story of Daniel. His story is recorded in the Old Testament of the Bible, and I don't have enough time to tell you the whole story this morning, but I know you've got plenty of time on your hands this week, so you can go back and you can read the story of Daniel. But I'll just give you the cliff notes here. Daniel, he lived about 700 years before Jesus walked on the earth physically. And it was there during that time that the people of God went through a really difficult season. They had been rebellious against God. They had not done what God had asked them to do. God had been gracious, grace upon grace upon grace upon grace towards the people of Israel, but they weren't responding in faithfulness. So God said, I'm going to hand you over to your choices— and this foreign nation, uh, this nation of Babylon, comes in and they take they take uh, the people of God into exile. They deport them to another country. They take them from their jobs, from their schools, from their home, from their temple, from their friends, from their families. And Daniel is one of these guys that was deported with the rest of the people of God. And so he's about fourteen or fifteen years old when this happened. And yet. You watch his life unfold, he doesn't sit there in exile for two weeks or 18 months or two years. He's there for more than 70 years. In fact, it's where he'd end up dying. And one of the beautiful things about the life of Daniel is he didn't just survive his season in exile. He didn't just like cling to his faith and hold on to it. He thrived, and he actually finishes his story with God better than it starts, which is so amazing. It's one of the most brilliant pictures, and there's so many things we could look at from the life of Daniel, but there's just kind of three realities that kept coming to the top of my heart this week as I was asking the question in prayer, God, what does it look like for Ethos Church to thrive in the season that we're in? And one of the first things the Spirit of God just began illuminating for me is, if we want to be a people who thrive, if we want to be a people who thrive, we have to make sure our lives are deeply rooted in Jesus. Our lives have to be rooted in Jesus. Like right now, some of you are discovering the various places your lives have already been rooted. It's like we're kind of rooted in Jesus, but we're also rooted in our work. We're also rooted in our physical health. We're also rooted in our friend group. We're also rooted in our extracurricular activities, whatever those are. There's this temptation when we're living in a moment of prosperity to have our roots going down in lots of different places and never even notice it. But when the world begins to shake, when when those things begin to fall away, you begin to actually recognize where it is that your roots are. Because here's the truth. Seasons like the one that we're in, they don't make us or break us, they merely reveal us. They show us, they show us like where we actually are. And this is one of the things I love about the life of Daniel. All throughout his journey in exile, it's almost like this cyclical story of really bad things coming into his kind of, um, the front of his his vision. These bad things coming into his life and over and over and over what it reveals is just where his roots were. And so there's this one moment in Daniel chapter two. I don't know if you know this part of the story or not, but Daniel at this point was working for a king, a wicked king that didn't love or worship God. And Daniel was a part of this working class that really got on the wrong side of this king's um, decision-making. So the, the king decided, hey, I'm going to have this entire people group put to death. And so Daniel hears this reality that this people group are gonna be put to death, including himself. And this is Daniel's response. And I want you to just listen to Daniel's response as you see where it reveals where his life was rooted. Starting in Daniel chapter 2, verse 19. It says, during the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. And then Daniel praised the God of heaven, and this is what he said. He says, "'Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his.'" He changes times and seasons. Guys, that's what we're in the midst of right now. "'He deposes kings and he raises up other leaders. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals the deep and hidden things.'" He knows what lies in the darkness, and light dwells with him. So I thank and praise you, O God of my ancestors. You've given me wisdom and power. You've made known to me what we asked of you, and you have made known to us the dream of the king. So there's this moment where Daniel's world begins to shake. You know, His job is gone. His friends are gone. His house is gone. His ability to go to the temple is gone. He's working in a foreign country for a king that he didn't want to serve, but he had a pretty stable job, and all of a sudden, that job is gone. And he realizes he's getting ready to be killed. His life is about to be gone. And what does he cling to? He clings to the only thing that can never be taken from him. And the reason Daniel was not shaken when the world was shaking is because his roots were deeply planted in God. He says, God, he says, I know this is the decree that's gone out, but here's the deal. You raise up kings and you you bring them down. You change the times and the seasons. You're the God of my ancestors. And so no matter what happens tomorrow, you're the God that's with me right here today. And I go, man, something begins to change in us as followers of Jesus when our roots are actually in Jesus. These seasons don't make us or break us, they merely reveal us. And I believe the Lord is using this season right now to not just shake the world, but to shake the church. And to shake away any of those temporary places, we tend to set our identity, our strength, our value, our joy, our hope, and Jesus is saying, hey, you just come back to me. If you want to thrive in a season like this, it requires you to be rooted deeply in Jesus. And if you're like me, the last week or so, it's revealed some different things to you. Uh, Sydney and I, earlier this week, we were on a walk together Full disclosure, we were not social distancing because she's really attracted to me and I'm really attracted to her. And so we were walking around and we were holding hands, not social distance together, social distance from other people, so don't send us any blogs or uh, angry emails. But we're walking around and we're just talking uh, about what was going on. And she looks at me, she says, Dave, you seem really angry right now. I hadn't really thought about it. And I said, I am angry. And I began to realize that I was angry, not because of the circumstances. I was angry because the circumstances were revealing where some of my roots were placed, and I didn't like what I was seeing. And it was just one of those moments where I realized that it's really easy, in a moment of prosperity, to have one foot in the kingdom and one foot out, to raise one hand to the Lord, and then to to constantly be clinging to other things for our trust and our hope. And I go, guys, if we want to thrive in this season, we're going to have to become a people that are deeply rooted in the reality of Jesus. You see this all through the life of Daniel. Second thing I noticed this week, this is not just about being rooted deeply in Jesus. It's about learning how to maintain Jesus-centered relationships. It's about learning how to maintain Jesus-centered relationships. Uh, This is not the season to isolate, even though it is a season to stay distant, to be wise, to be safe, to, uh, to be good citizens and to be good neighbors. You can be socially distanced without being relationally isolated. And those two things are so different. In a season like this, man, you don't just need deep roots, you need other people that have a worldview of Jesus that are going, okay, God, what are you doing to the world right now? Because if the only place you're, you're, you're getting your sense of, of understanding and self from is online or the media or uh, social media, um, man, it's, it's, gonna, it's gonna drive you crazy it's gonna wither your soul up. And in this season, it's not just about you being alone with God in your house or you being alone with God in your apartment. It's about you being with God and then learning how to reach across this distance and to, to maintain and establish and build up godly relationships with other people that will help you thrive as the children of God right here and right now. I love this moment, uh, you know, right before the prayer that we just looked at in Daniel chapter two, where Daniel, he hears this bad news that he's getting ready to be executed. And look at verse 17 with me out of Daniel chapter two. It says, then Daniel returned to his house and he explained this matter to his friends. Jump over to verse 18 and he urged them to plead for mercy from God. There's this moment where Daniel realizes he doesn't just need acquaintances, he doesn't just need roommates, he doesn't just need drinking buddies, he doesn't just need people to to get on uh, fantasy football with him and to talk back and forth. What he needs is men and women of God that see the world with God through the lens of what God's doing. And Daniel comes back and it's not just him being deeply rooted in Jesus. Daniel comes back and he gets in his house with his friends who are also deeply rooted in Jesus. They stir up these relationships together and Daniel says, hey, may we see what's happening in the world. May we not get frantic. May we just plead with God for God to do what only God can do. Because this is a season. This is a season to go deeper, not just in your roots with Jesus, but in your relationships with each other. You know, for some of you, for some of you, this is going to be with the people that you live with. Um, man, I just wanna to speak to you for a minute. There, there's some dads, if you're just being really honest, you've spent most of your child's, uh, your children's childhood checked out, and God's given you a reset button. Don't miss the opportunity. You're in the home. Man, don't miss the opportunity. Don't miss the opportunity with, with your spouse to hit the reset button and go, man, let's not just be in relationship. Let's be in relationship that's rooted in Jesus. Let's go deeper in Jesus together. For some of you, this is with your roommates where you've just kind of coexisted in, the, in that same house that you pay way too much rent for because you live in Nashville, and you just coexisted in that little house. And I go, man, the Lord's giving you a reset button to establish deep relationships in the kingdom of God, to get up in the morning and to get in the Word and to stir one another up in the grace of Jesus, to set your eyes on what God's doing in the world. Don't miss the opportunity to deepen your relationships. But I know there are a lot of you, a ton of people in our church that live alone. And I've been thinking about you all week. I've been praying for you. I've been thinking about just how isolating this could be. And I just want to encourage you, even though you may be physically alone, you're not alone. Uh, We love you. We've been thinking about you. I think about one guy in our church who, uh, with all this extra free time, he just made the decision every morning he's going to take an hour, right after he spends time with the Lord, he's going to take an hour before work to connect with other brothers from the church via FaceTime and Zoom. Just pray together, talk together, serve each other. Think about another family in our church that takes the last hour of every day, and they connect with other people in the church, and they go, hey, we can't be together physically. We may be socially distanced, but we don't have to be spiritually isolated. I want to challenge you, like, what does it look like to maintain deep, godly relationships in this season? It's part of the way we thrive. You know, earlier this week, Sydney and I, we led our house church online. And was it as good as us being in the same house and eating a meal and laughing and talking, praying? Um, Honestly, it wasn't even in the same hemisphere. The the, the two things aren't apples to apples, but I'm telling you, um, was it valuable for for deepening our relationship in, in Jesus? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I want to encourage you to use this well. What does it look like to thrive when you find yourself like this in a moment you didn't want to be in? You know, part of it's about digging down our roots. Part of it's about learning how to maintain deeper relationships. And part of it's making sure we hold on to and establish Jesus-centered rhythms. There's this moment towards the end of Daniel's life. If you flip over with me to Daniel chapter nine, get to Daniel chapter nine. And uh, Daniel's now about 80 years old. This is right after the lion's den. So I don't know if, what you imagine when you picture Daniel in the lion's den, but uh, he, he was not a teenager at that moment. He was probably about 80 years old when he went in the lion's den. And here he is. He's an older man on the other side of that uh, terrifying moment. God had spared him. And I never really noticed this. He's reflecting back here, verse 20. And this is what he says. He says, while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sins of my people Israel and making my request to the Lord my God from his holy hill... While I was still in prayer, Gabriel, the angel or the man that I'd seen in the earlier vision, he came to me in swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. Now, I want you to just stay with me for one second and think about this verse. There's this—you know, you read that, and there's so many crazy things happening. You go, man, let's, let's talk about that moment when the angel showed up. Let's, what was that like? But here's the part of the verse that hit me. I never really noticed before. It says, it was about the time of the evening sacrifice— here's Here's why that struck me. You know, Daniel is now in his mid 80s and it had been almost 70 years since he had been able to go up to the temple at the time of the evening sacrifice. It had been almost 70 years since he had been able to go up and to be in that physical place. That physical place had been taken from him. That ritual had been taken from him. That rhythm had been taken from him. Externally, everything had changed, but he had kept the internal rhythms of his life marching in step with God and God's people. And here he was, 70 years later, in his mid-80s, and his heart was still marching to the rhythm that had been established when the people of God were allowed to gather together. See, you think right now, you've got this incredible opportunity before you. A lot of you, your job's a little bit more flexible. Your time is a little bit more free. And you get to decide, how will you structure the rhythms of your life around the reality of God? You can come out of this season and you can have a much firmer grasp on all nine seasons of The Office. Uh, You can come out of this season and you can have a much deeper grasp on what's happening across every news outlet. Or you can come out with this razor focus. Who is the Lord? What is He saying? What is He doing? And I'm just telling you guys, Um, whenever we get to come back out of hiding and be back in community, our city does not need a church that's simply able to gather. That's not what our city needs. Our city needs a group of people filled with the Spirit of God, in community with God, living, working, serving in such a way with a vision of God that we are helpful for the days ahead. And I'm just telling you, we are in the midst of a moment where the world is beginning to shake, And we're going to talk about this a lot in the weeks and months and years to come. This is not the moment, but here's what I'm telling you. In order for us to be a church that is both an offering to God and a blessing to the city, it's going to require us as men and women and children being more deeply rooted in Jesus, walking more closely in kingdom relationships, and living into the rhythms of the kingdom wherever you're at. Whatever you're doing, however it sees fit. Man, may we come out of this not just surviving, but thriving. You know, maybe you've been like me this week and— You look back on these things, and uh, maybe you're looking at your roots or your relationships or your rhythms, and maybe there's some areas where you're discouraged. Maybe there's some areas where you've been encouraged. Wherever you find yourself, we've created some resources online. If you go to ethoschurch.org forward slash at home, you're going to see just a whole list of resources. Uh, We have a prayer guide there to help you pray and get in the Word each morning, We have an opportunity for you to sign up and get connected with online house churches if you're not in community and want to build relationships. We have some friends from a great church up in Portland, uh, Oregon, who created this rule of life to help their people navigate this uncertain moment that we're in. And they said, hey, uh, you have our permission to adapt it for your context. So there's some helpful resources online that will help you live into new rhythms as we're walking in the midst of this unprecedented season. Don't let this opportunity slip you by. May we not just be a people who survive, but thrive. You know, one of our rhythms that we lean into every single week together as a church family is we open up the Word of God in the presence of Jesus and the Spirit and the Father. We open up that Word of God together. And then after we've opened the Word, we break the bread and we take the cup and we're reminded of the grace of Jesus. It's because of Christ, His love, His power, His forgiveness that we get to do what we're doing right now. And you're literally getting ready to break bread and take the cup with millions and millions of people all across the world. And so we're gonna have one question on the screen. I'm gonna pray for us. And then a question's gonna pop up up, up on the screen that just very simply says, hey, where did you experience the goodness of God in your life this week? And so I'm gonna pray for you. That question will be on the screen. And then you'll have the opportunity in your home if you're with people to to pray and to talk through that together. And then Will and Callie are gonna lead us on one more song. We have some important uh, information to wrap this time up together at the end. So let me pray over us and we'll take communion. Father, I love you. Jesus, I love you. Holy Spirit, I love you. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're doing in the world in the midst of all this craziness. God, may we as a church family not just survive this moment. May we thrive in it. May you dig our roots deeply in Jesus. May we come out of this with closer friendships than we ever could have imagined in the kingdom. May we establish new rhythms, new norms that help us hear the voice of God, see the face of God, walk in the ways of God in ways we could have never imagined. Jesus, would you be made strong? Would you tear down any strongholds of fear? Would you unleash us as a church to bless and to engage and to serve the city in ways that are appropriate? and that bring life and light and glory to God in this moment. God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for this bread. Thank you for this cup that we get to take together. We do this in remembrance that Jesus is with us, that you are with us, Jesus. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for raising from the dead. Thank you that you are coming again. May you prepare us well for that moment. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Love you.